apartment smells of ancient takeout food and neglect. Their body feels heavy and sluggish. After some much-needed bio-maintenance, they flip open their laptop and watch it spin to life, still burning from the strife of their spat with Clark. Outside, it is dark, and Talon thinks of the E-Body Club and the first night in their Evatar and how exhilarating it was. Lish is probably working. I'll ring her later. They pull up the Evitar app on their phone and hit the sync button to pull them back into the machine, which is still sitting in the two-foot apartment, hoping that Clark is already shut down. Now used to the discomfort of the melding atom by atom to the Evitar body, they find themselves once more in their tiny apartment and see that Clark is still. They approach him. His eyes are dim. Talon waves their hand in front of his face and the support voice responds. Clark is in do-not-disturb mode at the moment. Would you like to leave a message? No, that's okay. Is there anything else I can do for you, Taylin? Yes. Can you erase the log of this visit? You know I can't do that, Taylin. Clark will be notified of your presence as soon as he changes his status to ready. Then I'd like to leave a message. What would you like the message to say? You may say or think the message. Um, just say that I stopped by to check on the dog to make sure he was in sleep mode. Very good, Talon. Your message is saved and ready. Talon heads out the door looking for more than nights at home with Clark and a dog. They need the thrill again. The thrill that only the robotic sinews and gears and electricity produce when they collide into a seamless, life-giving experience. There's a difference in Talon with Evitar. They feel unencumbered, free, and the possibility of anonymity excites them, invites them, ignites them, and unites them tonight with something greater as they take flight to stop number one, the Evitar store, because they want more. I want to try one of those e-thingies. Ah, the Excite Stick. Is that what it is? I see people with them, but what does it do? The robotic shopkeep opens up a display case, grabs a small silver stick, and presents it to Taylin. This is the latest from eBody, the E-Surge. It vaporizes E-Sauce. Nice flavors, nice scents, nice sparkles. But what's more, it kicks your Evitar into Excite Mode. For a split second, the shopkeep's eye flickers. Excite Mode? That's what I want. I'll take it. You won't regret this. You headed for the E-Body Club? Yes, I'm on my way. Yes, you are. You're about to have the greatest night of your life. Just pick your stick and your sauce and get your shiny ass out of here. Stick in hand, Talon walks out into the Seattle night air, circuits humming with anticipation of the elation they crave. They soar through the streets, leaving a streak of their robotic fragrance as more and more traffic fills the air around them, getting closer to them, sinking with them. The growing sense of a greater Evitar begins to awaken the social systems embedded deep in their body. From a distance and then closer, they hear, they feel the thumping vibrations of the E-Body Club. 
in their flight, and a light in growing crowds with sparkling clouds and beautiful vapors. They pull out their excite stick and give it a click. A puff of vapor streams from the tip. They put it to lip, give it another squeeze, and they breathe it in. They feel a surge and a pop and soar straight up in the air with the force of excite mode. Holy shit! inside, their body begins to slide into place into the fully synchronous choreography of hundreds of others forming a single thumping, throbbing, writhing entity. They are completely connected and free of all the worries and troubles of the day, of the pandemics and Clark and Lish. Now, there's only a room full of Tay, and they do what they want to do. When Tay awakes, no hangover in their head or stomach, but something worn out in their psyche. They pop a coffee pod into a filthy remnant of a long-gone Christmas, a gift from mom and dad, and they are glad as the coffee-infused steam begins to rise into the air, and the life-giving liquid begins to drip and steam into the neglected mug stained and caked with many days of use. They feel loose from cares, from a night of what had become a rare pleasure in their life. No one's wife or husband or married partner, but a mate. Nonetheless, of a what? Of a man? A machine? Did they really know who Clark was? What could they really glean from the days and nights they had spent together, other than the tether of a love that had pulled them together and made them somehow better? He must be up by now. Maybe I can catch him at the apartment before our coffee. Maybe we can unfreeze a little from yesterday. This is fixable. I'll even shoot a message to Alicia like he suggested. A reminder pops up on their phone. Meet Clark for coffee. Then they see unread messages from Alicia. Hey, I need to tell you something. Then? Where are you? And? Dude, please respond. This is important. And then hours later, in the timeline of the night at the club, four cold words. Don't contact me again. With a few rapid taps on their phone, they shoot a three-letter text, WTF, but there's no response. They dial the number, no response. Damn, what could I possibly have done? I mean, I guess it's been a minute, but that's a little extreme. (laughs) I'll deal with this later. With rote ease, they swipe to the Evitar app on their phone and engage the machine meld. Within seconds, they enter their Evitar in their little apartment. They blink. Clark's Evitar is sitting exactly where they left him last night. Once again, they wave in front of its eyes, but this time, to their surprise, the eyes light up red and three beeps emit from its speakers. I'm sorry, this unit is no longer in service. What? What does that mean? Termination of service can be due to one of the following. The user has ended their subscription, the user has broken the community rules of behavior, or the user is deceased. Deceased? You mean Clark could be dead? I am not at liberty to share that information without an advanced directive authorization by the user. Checking advanced directive. 
No advanced directive has been created by this user. At that moment, the robot dog whirs to life and barks and runs to Tay for affection. Tay sits down on the couch and it hops up with them. They begin stroking its head. Deceased. Th that couldn't be it. But why would he cancel? And there's no way he broke the rules, at least not enough to be suspended. The dog climbs up in their lap and licks their face. Tay takes a moment to look at it. They notice something strange. Its left eye flickers for a brief second. You okay, little guy? Need a tune-up? They put the dog back on the cushion next to them and stand in front of Clark's lifeless body, fear rising through their circuits. They begin pushing buttons on his machine, hoping to trigger a response. But nothing happens. They shout. Jesus, Clark! Where are you? What the fuck is wrong with you? Answer me, goddammit! Answer me! Then the tears are flowing, and they sink back into the couch, not knowing if Clark is dead or alive.
could never hold the spell The world's too cold We're bought and sold I cannot last another hospital bed in a small hospital room. The lights are low. The smell of bleach permeates the air, eliminates the virus on the surfaces, but not the one that is deep inside her, perhaps even killing her. Her breathing is slow. She's being fed oxygen through tubes. She coughs a bone-rattling cough and looks once again at her last text to Tay. impossible to breathe Angels crowd around me But I don't want to leave And my dying thoughts are driven By the love I used to hold Do I give back what I've taken And finally let go
hope you've enjoyed this episode of Evatar. We'd like to thank our sponsors for helping make Evatar happen. Norman Music Institute, Massive Graphics, the fabulous Brenda Barnes-Wheelock, the Mandolin Conservatory of Central Northeastern Oklahoma, and one generous but anonymous fish. Our performers in order of appearance are Sean Rooney, Thomas Farnan-Williams, Kia Hightower, Travis Guillory, John Burns, and Sam Briggs. Music and lyrics by Greg Stanridge and Brian Eads. Original story concept by Greg Stanridge and Brian Eads. Written by David Wilson Burns. Casting and direction by John Burns. Sound engineering by Brian Eads. Roy Dickinson on bass guitar and Michael McCarty on drums. This has been a Big Dumb Buildings production. 